0: Lord, everyone, Amen. Amen. this may be the most unusual service that you've ever experienced as long as I've been preaching, and uh, I'm an odd duck anyway. We're an odd church. We're kind of oddballish around here, and we just don't do things kind of normal like some people do. And, and there's nothing wrong with being normal, but every once in a while we need to be just a little <coughs> normal. keep the devil all tripped up, messed up, and, and he don't ever know what to expect. We're not going to give him any reason to ever suspect anything with us. So we have this morning, we're going to have the Lord's Supper here in a little while. We're going to have communion. And before we do that, I will give you an opportunity to uh, come to the altars to make yourself right. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, the, the first thing that I want to do, I've got uh, three special people I want to introduce you to uh, this morning. So if I could get my three special people to come on up here. <coughs> I'll start mumbling. (laughs) Y'all get on over here. Get on both sides of me so people can see you. Come on over here, Chelsea. She's so pretty. She makes me look better. I'm going to introduce to you, and I've got their names written down. Y'all know how I am with names. This This is Jordan Dillard. This is Autumn Cook. And this is Chelsea Taylor. And Chelsea and Dylan were saved this week. Amen. 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 Jordan. 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 What did I say? Yeah. Jordan. Dillard. Dillard is his last name. Jordan. He told me, don't you get me up here and embarrass me. And I told him I wouldn't, so I'll just embarrass myself for you. Is that okay? But anyway, uh, they, they have come for Now, Autumn here. Autumn's been safe since she was 12 years old. And uh, when I got home Wednesday night, uh, her and Miss Melissa was at my house at the gate waiting, because I went to eat after that and didn't bring my phone, so they were sitting there waiting <coughs> on me to get home, and, and, and she had lots of questions, lots to talk about, but uh, Autumn was saved when she was 12 years old, and she was never able to be baptized. And so, uh, uh, Jordan and Chelsea, they're coming this morning to, to declare to you that they have been saved, that they have been filled with the Holy Spirit of God, and they desire to become members of our church. So do I, and, and also Autumn, she said she had not been baptized yet, but she wants to do the same thing. So do I have a motion from anyone? have a motion yes, to receive yes, all three. Have a second. Everybody say hallelujah. 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 I couldn't think of a better way to start a service off this morning than this. Yes. Yes. But, but what I've got these three up here, I want them to know some background. Now, we all know that Miss Melissa came to church here. Now, she's a, she's a person that has a zeal and a zest for God. And, and it's, it, we have reaped the reward from, from Jesse and, uh, and Chloe and, and now these three from this one family uh, that's involved in that Bible study. Now, we're not gonna give uh, uh, Miss Melissa any of the glory because we know who she is. She's a worker for Jesus Christ. And you know, the Great Commission tells us to go ye therefore into all nations, uh, teaching the gospel and baptizing in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Now that, that word teaching in that means that we are to make disciples of people. That means that we are to tell people about Jesus Christ. We're to instruct them in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they have to make their own decision as to whether or not they will be saved. But let me tell you, people who are not informed cannot make a decision. We have to share with them the gospel of Jesus Christ so they understand the decision they're making and who they're making that decision for. And the great reward that (laughs) they're going to get because they have made the right decision Amen? Amen. And so that's what these these guys are up here for. Uh, I want y'all to look at this group right here. Now, we are going to baptize them September the 11th. They asked for a little bit of time uh, so that they could invite family members. And you know what? Uh, That's a great thing because the more people that come that we get to proclaim to, uh, the Lord is at work in a family here. Amen? Amen and we want to continue to pray that this family that their eyes become open and wider as they see the glory of God as they experience the the love of God as they begin to obey God and he he begins to show more of himself to them we want to be a part of that as a church they want to be a part of this church so they can learn those things and our work is to pray for them not only to pray for them but to be there for them to encourage them to teach them, to show them who He is by the way we are. Amen? Amen. And we need to put our best foot forward, not just because to show off, but so that the world can see that our best foot forward is because we have a great God. Amen? Amen? Amen. And we're gonna do these things for His glory. And so I wanted to share that with y'all this morning. So I guess we need to vote, huh? Did we already do
1: that? Yes. 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 Okay.
0: I'm I'm only a day behind, a dollar short. Anyway, I want y'all to look at this group now. All of them. You see anybody out there look weird, do you? You wouldn't say it if you did, how you? <laughs> oh, you're just itching to say it, aren't you? <laughs> no, he's not gonna say anything about weird because you know, what? you know what the only thing weird about us is? We love Jesus. And to the world, that's weird now, amen? amen? But to us, oh hallelujah, we get to love him because He first loved us. Right, yeah. <laughs> and He gave them childbirth. I want y'all to look at this group. This group right here is going to love you and you and you. They're going to pray for you. And I want to tell you something. It's not just the work that Miss Melissa did. See, Karen, Randy, y'all stand up. Like Haley, y'all stand up. Did y'all know that these people have been praying, Lord, send us children. Amen. Send us youth and the, the Lord hears those prayers, answers those prayers, and there's nothing that gives him more pleasure than to give us youth, children. Yeah. Would all the children in here stand up? Would all the youth in here, would you just stand up? Don't be afraid, just stand up. Stand up, look at Look at this. He says, yeah, I'm not, y'all sit back there. I, I don't want to make this. Y'all, y'all got to stay up here with me, though. He says, "You have not because you ask not." We need to ask Him for what we want, for what we need, and then we need to work toward that goal with all of our heart, armed with the Word of God, covered with the armor of God, because the devil ain't gonna like it. Amen. They ain't gonna like it. So we need to wear that shield of faith in front of us to prevent him from being able to penetrate what God has done. So we need to lift these young people up pray for them. Listen to me. We have we have youth services on Sunday night. We've not introduced them to Randy and Carrie. So uh, they're going to be coming on Sunday night. Uh, Jesse, that's your work. I
1: know. i don't told them. We might not be here this Sunday. Okay,
0: I, I'm going to start calling people out. And all you people who've got children, we have Sunday school on Sunday morning to teach your children who Jesus Christ is. Yeah. We have we have uh, youth service on Sunday night. We got children's church so that they can come together and have church like children. Amen? We've got all kinds of benefits here, and it's all led by the Lord, and it's all been given to us, and we ain't had this stuff very long. And we need to take advantage of that, but it won't work until you bring your children here. Amen? Amen.
1: Amen. Amen.
0: Boy, I didn't know this was taking to come out.
1: <laughs> Let
0: me tell you what. You, if you don't come to church regularly as a parent, if you don't show them that the Lord is important to you, don't expect them to ever be that way either. That's right. Amen. Don't expect them to ever say, well, it wasn't very important to mom and dad. They never came anyway. They never carried me. I couldn't drive. And y'all listen, we're going to stand in front of Jesus Christ himself one of these days. We're going to stand there as a son and a daughter, as a mother and a father, as a grandparent and a great-grandparent. We're going to stand in front of him. We're going to give an account the for why we didn't do things. I don't want it on my conscience that I didn't do all I could to see my children and my grandchildren saved. Amen. And I know you don't want that either. So y'all, this only works if we come. Amen. It's designed that way. You don't get saved till you come to Jesus. And he wants you to be a part of his church. Let me tell you what, he's coming back to the church. Y'all come here tonight. Sister Patsy's going to preach a sermon to us tonight about what that means. (laughs) Y'all laughing, ain't you? Amen. Y'all be here at five o'clock if you want to see what that looks like. But y'all, we love, we're thankful for you. We're glad to have you. I made you stay up here too long. But what I want y'all to do is get on that front row right there. (laughs) We'll get to y'all a little later on. So, we are going to have communion today. And it's a very solemn time. Now, we've got to laugh and giggle. And that's the good thing about having children and teenagers around us. Amen? They need to see laughter and giggling in the church, don't they? I want to talk to you because we make it out of here faster than we've ever had in this, in this, since I've been preaching. And I, I tell you, I saw Steve. He called me last night and said, What's, what scripture you you going to use? I said, I ain't got a clue. That's unusual for me. And so I got up this morning and I still didn't have a clue. And then finally the Lord showed me. He said, you focus on these salvations. You focus on these children and these young people. And you tell them I need them. I want them. Amen. I died for them. Amen. And you let the church know how important it is to Him Amen. that we do our part. Amen. Amen? And bring them. I walked in the door this morning and bring them in. was going through my brain. Bring them in. oh old we don't have any in our anymore. No bring them in from the fields of sin because the Savior died for them for us to bring to Him. And that's our part. So we're going to have communion here. These three right here are going to get to celebrate communion with us today. Hallelujah, isn't that wonderful? They're going to get to participate in communion. And they're going to get to do it because they know Jesus. Amen. We sometimes forget what a privilege it is to partake of the Lord's did you know what he said when he instituted it? He, the night of the Passover celebration, the night that they arrested him, that's what he was doing. And he changed it forever for us New Testament people. Amen. We don't have to kill the lamb. He became that lamb. We don't have to cut his throat and let it bleed. He already did that for us. He gave every ounce of blood he had. We don't have to cook him and eat him. Aren't you glad? Amen. So he made it all different. He said, I want you to do this, and as often as you do it, I want you to just remember me. Yes. Is, he, is, is that too much for him to ask of us? Paul told us in, in, in 1 Corinthians that there is a right way and a wrong way out of the <laughs> communion of God to do the Lord's Supper. We are not to do it in arrogance. We're not to do it in pride. We're not to do it as we wallow in our sin. We are to do it clean. So that's why we always give an invitation before we ever participate in the Lord's Supper. This is your opportunity this morning to clear your conscience, to clear your heart, to clear your soul, to clear your mind so that when we do participate, he'll have you all sparkling clean by his blood that we sung about just a while ago. Have you been washed through that blood? Then take a bath in it this morning. Cleanse yourself. Get ready. And this morning as we do the Lord's Supper, we're gonna do it not only to commemorate him, we're gonna do it to celebrate him and celebrate what he's done for us by bringing us more saints. Amen? Amen. That's what we're here for today. So if I could get you to stand. These altars are gonna be open. There's not gonna be any music. There's only gonna be a solemn assembly. Please bow your head close your eyes. At this very moment, you're allowed to come up here to these altars. You don't have to be loud. You can talk out loud if you want to. Get your soul ready. Get your heart prepared. Get forgiveness of your sins if you have any in your life. Call upon His name. Tell Him how much you love Him and how much you need Him. Get your own heart ready so we can celebrate. Paul told us He said some people celebrated this in an unworthy manner. That means they did it with sin, they did it in arrogance, they did it for show. And he said that some people sleep because of that. They died because of that. We don't want you to die after today. We want you to do it in a holy manner. We want you to do it in a manner for him. Maybe you're here today and you're lost and you need to be saved. And you just want to, to participate right now through a salvation with the Lord's supper. If you'd like to do that, would you just come up here and talk to him about it? Okay. Before we uh, go any further, uh, we have another young man that just gave his life to the Lord. Amen. Amen. And Charlie's been seeking him for a while. And uh, during the ice cream supper supper we had, when was that, two weeks ago now? He came to me and he said, uh, while y'all were eating ice cream, he said, I need to talk about Jesus. I want to talk to you. And he knew he needed to be saved. And as we prayed, he wasn't quite ready for that. He didn't quite understand. So I explained some things to him and I told him, I said, you go home and when you lay down at night, you start just talking to Jesus. You know, that's what prayer, did y'all know that's what prayer is? Amen. You don't have to use fancy words, just talk to Jesus. And I said, don't just talk to him, listen for him. Amen. And I said, when the right time comes, you'll know that it's that time. Well, this morning's that time Charlie. Amen. So he He's asked the Lord to save him and he wants to be a part of our church too. Amen. Amen. Am I gonna to get to baptize you on the eleventh too? Yes, sir. Okay. <laughs> All right. So do I have a motion to receive Charlie? Get Second. Second, third, fourth. So everybody say hallelujah. hallelujah. All opposed, I didn't give you that, but they don't wanna go because i was afraid one of them little kids back there say, No. <laughs> but they Charlie, I'll tell you the same thing I told these three. This church, this is your church. You are a part of, this is the body. Look at them. Don't be afraid to look at them. But don't look at Gene, but look at the left of them. No, I'm just playing. He, he, he's pretty good. But that, you're a part of a body. We're all connected, and you know how? We're connected by Jesus Christ, by his spirit. That's our connection. And we got to love the Lord with our hearts. We've been coming here for a long time.
1: And we want you to learn more and more
0: and more about Jesus. And and to not be timid or shy how to share Jesus at your school, with your friends. And you know, sometimes at school, you might even get in trouble for doing that. But it's more important to share Jesus than not. There's nothing more Amen. important. Amen? Because us you put him first, regardless of what the world telling you, and you put him first, and you'll be okay. Amen. Right? That's a good advice, ball-headed preacher. But anyway, they're going to be praying for you now. Hey, is anybody else praying for the Lord to give us children? And you, no. just keep on praying because He's answering, He's hearing, He's listening, to work that they're doing in children's church, the work they're doing in the youth, and, and, and we go through these times where we don't have them, and then all of a sudden, the Lord just blesses us and gives us a harvest, amen? Amen. 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 I love you, Charlie. Now, you gotta get over here with this month. Now. alright <laughs> you <laughs> All right, y'all may be seated. You do, Charlie. Now, if I get our dickens to come. And you. pray this moment, this morning has encouraged you to put your foot forward with the Lord. Encouraged you to share Him with someone. Even if it's a child, hey, He loves children. Amen. <laughs> you know what He told His disciples? They, them children was running around Him and He was, he was sitting in a chair trying to teach and, and they were running all over the place and they were trying to shoo them kids away. You know what the Lord told them? they belong yeah. don't you forbid them to come unto me amen. you know the reason that he gave because that's the kind of people in heaven like little children what is it about little children he compared us to totally, totally. dependent and trusting in someone else to meet their needs amen, amen. amen. Jesus admired that in the children and he wants us to admire that because he <coughs> wants us that way with him. We're children. I don't care how old you are, I don't care how much hair you've lost, I don't care how white it turns, I don't care how much hair is growing out of your ears, you are dependent on Jesus and you're still a child. Amen. To the ancient of days. Amen. Amen. I gotta quit preaching. We gotta do the Lord's Now we got all children church in here. Now, these things right here, we, we have some confusion over them. And us old folks without the shoes on our fingernails all the time, we have a little trouble opening these things sometimes. So I admonish you, if someone around you is having a little trouble, give them a hand. Some of you with fingernails, help them out. And uh, and and so uh, and I can even, if I can do it, most people can do it. You know, I'm sort of cavemanish. <laughs> If I can do it, you can do it. So anyway, we uh, we get these, just hang on to them, and we'll give you instruction as to, as to what to do. So uh, let's have a word of prayer. Father God, thank you for the blessing of this time of communion. And this is a different kind. It's a little different today. Because we have the joy of seeing new souls born for Christ, for meeting them and seeing them. And Lord, what some of these people don't know is that when these young people gave their life to Jesus, all of heaven stopped and rejoiced. And if they do it, we need to do it too. (laughs) We need to rejoice. So thank you for this. Bless this time of communion. As your church, let us have it together in one mind, in one accord, for one purpose. And that is to remember the one who gave his life for us. Lord, thank you for being our Savior, our God, and our soon-coming King. May we think of you as we participate in this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. same night he was betrayed the book of Luke tells us that Satan entered into Judas Iscariot and he went and sold him out amen and despite that Jesus still proclaimed to them this ordinance that we celebrate today And he said when he (laughs) took the bread, you know go ahead and open it up, get your little wafer out. When he took that bread and he looked at them, he said, take this and taste it. No. He said, take this and eat it. Well, this is my body. Given for you. So do this, and remember me when you do it. I- you please? I need a wafer. You didn't get a wafer? Yeah, I missed that. I won't miss anything doing this <laughs> Or just the
1: wafer.
0: Wafer. It's not open. Not the wafer. Tell <laughs> me Almost. <sighs> Maybe I got it and didn't. Maybe you did and didn't. You to put this. Thank you. You get one of you She's getting it for you, Steve. Oh, okay. I just didn't want to miss any part. Right. This, dude, in remembrance of me. you pray for Heavenly Father, thank you so much for, for this occasion and, and, and the reason why we're doing this, dear Lord. I just uh, thank you so much for, for the sacrifice that you did at the cross, dear Lord. You showed us what love is. Dear Lord, I, not only we eating of this uh, partaking of the Lord's Supper day, dear Lord, I pray that we just take your word every day, dear Lord, and just like we eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner, dear Lord, I pray that we just eat your word and, and uh, retain it into our souls, dear Lord, every day. We just give you all the praise and all the glory. We love you so much, dear Lord. Thank you for all you've given us and done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 At the same time, he took the cup. And again, he changes everything from the traditional Passover. He said, this is my blood. Amen. what this commemorates. Brother Sam, would you pray for us this please? Now, Father, we continue in your services this morning. We do thank you for this privilege of being able to take more the Lord's supper. Lord, we realize that it's not anything we've done, but our faith in Jesus Christ. He's loving us and dying on the cross, shedding your blood. And Lord, we know that without shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin. So we just thank you once again. Having loved us, going to the cross, suffering dying for us, Lord, we just ask you to bless it now. Give us where we fill you. Cleanse your hearts. in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 This is my blood, he said. Take it and drink. And when he had done this, the gospel says that he took them out and we're not going outside. We're going to stay in here. And they sung a hymn. So if I get you to stand, we're gonna sing a hymn, and then we're gonna let you come up and offer the right hand of fellowship to our new brothers and sisters in Christ. And uh, that's why they got left up here. They don't know that yet, but that's what we're gonna do. Y'all gonna come by and hug on them and love on them a little bit. And uh, Jordan won't mind, so I don't think. Anyway, Anyway, so let's uh, let's sing a hymn. And if you want to, you can join hands. You don't have to join hands all the way around the room, but just join hands with the people around you. it's been my tradition, because I can't remember the words of any other song, to sing uh, the first verse of uh, Amazing Grace, which I think is fitting for this occasion. So let's sing together. Amazing grace, how sweet. change and when he comes back and takes the church out it's going to be rough on the people who are left behind right. and so we need to really be uh, adamant about serving him adamant about telling others about him and adam- adamant about being a part of his church amen you know why he's coming back for his church right. amen and I want to talk to you I told you all this morning Sister Patsy was going to preach to us today she is she's not going to be up here but uh she actually gave me something a few weeks ago and she said, one of these days you might want to use this. And uh, I never take those things lightly. So I've had this thing stuck in my Bible for a while. Some of you may have heard it, read it already, but i want to share it with you again. And, and, it, and it talks about the, the necessity of being a part of the body of believers as his church. And it's a, it's a testimony of a person that lived her life separated from the church body and thinking it was okay. And so I want to read you, uh, first of all, if you go ahead and turn in your Bibles to the book of Romans, chapter 10, we're going to be there in verses 1 and 2 here in just a minute. Uh, But uh, let me read to you this. It says, 20 years ago, I set in a sociology of religion class right off of George Square at the University of Edinburgh in Scotland. As we discussed the evolution of religion over the years, one thing stuck out and remained with me above all else. One of the biggest problems facing Christianity at the time was a new category of Christians who described themselves as believing without belonging. I preach about this all the time. And there's an attitude out there it's still here. It's still a lot of people who believe that they don't have to belong in order to go to heaven. In order, to, uh, believing is enough, and it is. It's good. Uh, believing is a step. And she says that was me. I knew John 3:16. I had purchased a worship CD and memorized the words of all the popular songs of the time, so I wouldn't look out of place. In, in the off chance someone invited me to church with them. I owned the Bible and could recite the books of the Bible in order. I prayed before mealtimes at home only. I believed God existed, but I didn't belong to a church. And I, like many others I knew, was okay with that. What I wouldn't realize for two more decades is that, now this is 20 years that saying I believe without belonging is the same as saying I have knowledge, but I don't know. Hmm. While I claimed to know who God was and what that meant for my life spiritually, I was truly lost. <coughs> my circle of friends reflected my beliefs. I knew a few people who went to church. If you ask me how many times they invited me to join them, I couldn't even recall. Like all people, i battled with the sin of the world and the brokenness that comes with that. Unfortunately, I didn't know how to use the moral compass of the Bible and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit to help me overcome those things. Most of the time, my Bible sat dusty on a shelf, rarely opened. While people would pray for my healing when I was physically sick or emotionally hurt from the loss of a loved one, I now wonder how many people prayed for my spiritual health. In Romans 10 and one, Paul writes, brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. Paul understood the Jews theoretically knew who God was but they didn't understand his righteousness. As I studied this very this verse this morning, I reflected on my friend, Heather. About three years ago, we met through a church basketball league. Our, our children both <coughs> played together on weekly. One afternoon, uh, one afternoon brought her son to my daughter's birthday party. At the end of the party, we stood on my porch and Heather shared her testimony with me. Me. She invited me to join her if I didn't have a church home at Trinity Baptist Church. I didn't go. I don't think I needed to. I believed in God. I didn't need to belong to a church. But as I studied Romans 10 and 1 this morning, I read this commentary. Religious people miss salvation. Boy, that's a profound statement, isn't it? Religious people miss salvation because they think that their good works will satisfy God's demand for righteousness. So they don't trust in Christ for righteousness. Paul went on to write in Romans 10 and 2, for I testify about them that they have a zeal for God, but not in accordance with knowledge. I quickly replayed the last 13 months and the growth I have made since taking Heather up on her offer. She went to church almost two years later to join her at her church. I now realize that I had a zeal for God, but I didn't have the knowledge needed to understand who he was. The more I have an opportunity to get to know Heather, the more I think she was probably the one friend in my life who regularly Pray for my spiritual growth. Even if not directly for me. She is the type of person who goes to God for everything. An inspiring woman. Who despite her own battles. Never loses faith in him. Because she knows him. Believing without belonging. Is a scary place. (laughs) A scary place to be. You get stuck in believing without accountability. Partners, to uh, accountability partners to ensure you really know the truth. It surrounds you with friends who will give you well-meaning advice, but not advice based on biblical principles. That just takes you down a path of being well-meaningly more lost. Without truth, without truly knowing the truth, it is impossible to help guide others to become more Christ like. For me, the best part about belonging to our church has been truly learning how to study the Bible, apply the principles to my life, and grow in a way that has healed my spirit. I needed to be surrounded by a group of people weekly, sometimes more than that who helped me grow and who like Paul prayed for the knowledge of others to come to know Christ so this morning after really contemplating Romans 10 1 2 I started making a list of the lost people in my family my work circle and my friend circle and began to pray for their salvation my prayer right now is those who believe in Christ without belonging to a church home would find a place like our family found at Trinity to belong, and that their spiritual health would be restored the way mine has over the last year. I also pray for those in the church who have a true passion for Christ, but who also, like me, are still growing in the knowledge of what that means. If you're looking for somewhere to belong, let me tell you, I'd love for you to join us at Trinity, not because we would love uh, for the building to have more people in it, but because the peace I know you will find over time by growing together in Christ with an amazing church family. This is something that's rampant in our society, in our churches today. Is this idea that we can serve Jesus apart from His church, which is neither scriptural, has no foundation in the scripture at all, and we have convinced ourselves since the Lord promised us He will never leave us. and perse- You know, sometimes Satan will help us take the scripture and totally misinterpret it. Totally misuse it. And we'll take that scripture like what Christ said, that I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. I won't leave you comfortless. And say, well, and he's with me all the time, so I can be on the creek bank, he's there. I can have church on the creek bank. I can have church here, I can have church there. When in reality, we're not where he wants us to be. Who does this church belong to? Who started this church? Who adds to the church? Who walks in the midst of this church? Who's he coming back for? The church. We need the church. And Christ shows us, and Paul emphatically tells us, how much we need one another. We need one another so we can hold one another accountable, not through judgment, but through love that when we see a brother or a sister struggling, we can talk to them, and help them, and pray for them, and cry with them, and encourage them. And if we're not careful, even in the church, we become contrary, opposite to that. We can belittle, we can insult, we can look down our noses. We can do all of these things wrong, even in the church. How much easier is it going to be away from the church to do those very things? Amen. You know, when we begin to do that and be that, we're not Christ-like anymore. What do we find Christ doing in the scripture? Going to the lost. Going to the sin sick. Going to those who he knew needed help. Did he force himself on anybody? Never did. But what he did do was present himself to anybody that would let him. And anybody who would receive him, what did he do? He gladly received them. He gladly took them in. He didn't force himself on anybody. He never did. And the harshest language he has in all scripture are to the religious people. Who thought they knew Him, but did not. Thought they understood God, but they didn't. Thought they were doing everything right, but they weren't. You know why? Because they were doing it their own way. They were doing it their way. You can't please God by doing things your way. The church will never grow if it's my way. And what we're seeing now, we're just now breaking the ice in our understanding of who we are as a church and what we need to do as a church. And I think we learned this morning that we need to pray first and foremost for one another. We need to encourage one another. We need to disciple one another. We need to take those young people that the Lord has given us in the last few weeks and those even who are older who just don't have the knowledge And we need to impart the knowledge of Christ that we have in the Spirit of God to them to help them understand who they are in Him and how important they are to the church body. There's not a single person in the church that's a drag on the church. We're all in different categories. Listen to me. We're not different, we're the same. We serve the same God. But we serve Him in different ways. There's different administrations according to the Scripture Listen, we don't all serve God the same way. Amen? Amen. We don't all have the same gifts. We don't all have the same talents. But God in his wisdom has put us together so we can use what we do have for his glory. And we're to use it together and not point fingers at each other. Amen? You know what I want you to do? I want you to serve God with the ability that he's given you and shown you. I want you to serve God with the gift He's given you and shown you. I want you to have opportunity to minister in anything that the Lord God has shown you you need to be doing. That's what we are as a church. We provide a platform for the Spirit of God to function in a group of people from different backgrounds, different social statuses, to function together as one unit. And he calls it his church. And we need each other. I don't just need you. I want you. Amen? Amen. Amen. There's nothing. You know what the greatest joy of me as a pastor is this morning with those young people coming up here? Was the greatest reward to me. Let me tell you another reward. When, When we gave the altar call this morning, I saw a group of men. Men! Oh, it's a hard-headed, stubborn, rough house, start walking to these altars. I don't know about the rest of you, but, and, I, and I appreciate the women too, but women are, are more emotional and more apt to come and pour themselves out to the Lord. It, it's just the difference between men and women. But when you see men get out, and walk and bow before the holy God. It's a beautiful sight. Because it's God's, it's God's order. I just got through studying in Ephesians, chapter six, five and six, where the Lord addresses the pecking order that he has for all of us. He addressed the pecking order in the household, the husband and the wife. He, told his, he gave instruction to the wife first to submit herself, then he gave the instruction to the husband to love her like Christ loves the church. Willing to lay down your very life for her. Let her know that you love her that much if you think of her that much. And she will willingly do what what she's requested to do. But here's the kicker. What we're requested to do in that pecking order is to do it not for each other. For him. For the Lord God. And so he instructed the husband and the wife. And he turned it in to uh, the relationship that Jesus Christ has in the church. Go into Ephesians 5 and read that. When he gets through talking about the subject, and most people, especially women folks, of the liberation movement, a lot of women don't like that scripture. I remember some of you don't know Betty Eaton. She's dead now. But I used to teach Sunday school in the senior adult Sunday school class. And this scripture came up a whole lot in that senior adult Sunday school class over the years. And I always asked her to read that scripture. And and finally, about the third or fourth time I ever asked her to read it, she said, you always pick on me to read that scripture. <laughs> and I said, what is it? You don't like being submissive to my hus- your husband? I put her on the spot. But she just laughed. At us. She just played let me tell you what. You don't have to agree with it. It's true whether you do or not. That's right. You don't have to even comply with it. He don't force it on you. But you're way better off if you do. And if you want to see a result in your family that God smiles on and pleases God, you do that. And do it for Him. Not because the husband's better, he's not. but it's God's order. And he turned it into a picture before it was over with of the relationship that Jesus Christ has in the church. Now I want you to listen to this. The same thing he told the husband and the wife is what he expects in the church. Listen to me. He is the husband of the church. Amen? Amen. He's the head. We, all of us, even us bitterly ugly men with hair growing out of our ears, and those were the wife, we're the bride of Christ because we're in the church. And our work is to make him the head and we are to be in subjection to him in the church. Don't tell me we don't need the church, amen. And it's time to quit pointing fingers at one another and say I do this and I do that and you don't do nothing. That's the wrong way to do church. Amen. Amen? Let me tell you what, if you want to do that, you've got to do what the Lord's shown you to do and let the other people and say, with well, that. We're, we're pulling together. No, we're not. We're working together in a cohesive unit and letting the Spirit tell us what we need to be doing. And we don't need to force somebody else to do what we want them to do. Amen. That's not ministry. That's not letting the Lord have His will. That's you having your own will. Right. Amen. 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 Amen? So we need to be this cohesive unit. But we need to be in a subjection to the husband of the church. Mm -hmm. We are that bride, we are that wife. We are the ones that are in subjection to him, not him in subjection to us. We don't wear the pants in the church, he does. That's right. right. He's the one that tells us what to do. We don't get to tell him what we're gonna do. Mm -hmm. And he leads us that way. And you know the great thing about him? He's way more than the husband, because I, I still ain't got my wife figured out. Have y'all, well, have you guys? Any of y'all got your wives figured out Brother Jerry's back there? I ain't saying a word. But let me tell you what about the husband of the church. He's got us figured out. Amen. He don't have to guess what I'm thinking. He don't have to guess what you're thinking. You ladies, we don't got a clue what you're thinking. I don't even know what you're thinking when you tell me what you're thinking. But he knows Yeah. He knows exactly what you're thinking. He knows exactly what's on your mind. He knows exactly what's on your heart. He knows exactly the motive behind it. And he wants you to listen to him. (coughs) (coughs) And place yourself in subjection to the husband of the church. His name's Jesus Christ. And he said, Paul in this scripture said, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. That's our That needs to be the church's prayer for the United States of America. That needs to be the prayer of the church for all the church, schools around here for the children in them schools. That needs to be the prayer of the church for the families in the houses around us. That they come to know Jesus and are saved. That needs to be our prayer. Amen. What would happen if we really all started praying that prayer? Instead of the prayer we pray, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. I need this, I need this, I need this. You know what I need, give it to me. What would happen if we put ourselves on the back burner and put ourselves under subjection to him and begin to pray for the lost people in our community, the lost people in our area. Lord, help me be your witness. Help me to burn with this fire. Help me to be filled with the Holy Ghost and fire. Help me help me to be a flamethrower for you. And I don't, the thing about the flamethrower, you have to be careful with it, because you'll burn somebody's slap up. Amen. So we have to use good sense and good judgment and not use the Bible for a club. It's a two edged sword, it's dangerous. Amen? And we have to be careful or we'll cut somebody to pieces with it. And leave them wounded. Amen. Don't do it that way. Always pray. Pray. If you're going to go visit somebody, pray before you go. You know what you can pray your prayer to be? Lord, go ahead of me. Go, go, Go ahead of me. Prepare their heart. For my visit. And make sure that's where he wants you to go. And when he sends you to that place and you've prayed that prayer and pray, Lord, help me find favor with these people. Help me to be a witness, your witness, for your glory, your honor. And don't let me go there and tell them how great I am. Mm. But let me tell, tell them how great you are and what you've done. Sister Debbie, touched on it, all you Let us help them understand what he really did them. And he did that for us. That's the church. Brethren, my heart's desire and my prayer to God is for Israel that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal for God. Amen? But not according to knowledge. There's a lot of churches. Listen to me. I'm not going to name any church names but there's a lot of churches who promote the zeal for God. But it has to be done according to knowledge. It has to be done in truth. Amen? Now there's one thing that that I don't think any church that calls themselves a church for Christ would disagree with. There's only one source of truth. Who is it? It's Christ. When he said, I'm the way, He's the only way. When he said, I'm the truth, he's the only truth that matters. Amen? Amen. Amen? And that way and that truth gives us what? Life. What kind of life? Eternal life. Where? In him. In his church. With him the head. And he adds to his church. What a beautiful thing to see him add. Amen. What a beautiful thing to see him add. And to know that there's prayers being answered. See, there's a lot more to add into the church than just going out and knocking on doors and inviting (laughs) people. Amen? Because the Bible says, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man does what? It avails a lot. When we get down to, to praying, like he said here, our desire and prayer to God, that's effectual and fervent. That we begin to pray for a specific thing And listen to me You talk about praying in the Holy Ghost That ain't tongues That's praying in the will of God That's what the Spirit brings to the table When we're filled with the Spirit He allows us to pray in the Spirit To pray in the will of God Why? Because Jesus said He knows the mind of God He's in you And he knows the mind of God He knows the will of God He knows the purpose of God He knows the plan of God Listen to me And it's all right here He never takes you or leads you to any place that's not right in this book and according to the plan that's in here and the way that's in here. That's what you call being led by the Spirit. And we gotta be led by that Spirit that's in us that knows the mind of God. And and Jesus teaches us something else about the Holy Spirit. Everything he does in us is to bring glory to Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Everything he does in us is to bring glory to Jesus Christ. And so we need to go forward in great prayer, in righteousness, in gratitude, but we need to be diligent in our prayers. And we need to ask the Lord to show us, Lord, where do you want me to go? Who do you want me to talk to? And what do you want me to say when I get there? amen and I promise you when you pray that prayer he's going to put somebody on your heart amen and he I ain't going to tell you what he's going to tell you to do you're going to have to figure that out and your walk with him you watch him when he stops you stop <clears throat> when he goes you go when he turns you turn listen to him watch him and he will guide you amen we're guided by that spirit who sees Christ. And he says, everybody that has a zeal don't know God. Just cause people can run around the room and shout and jump and scream, I don't mean they know God. <laughs> Amen? Just cause somebody can pray a beautiful, <laughs> eloquent prayer and use all these these and vows and all these words, I get tickled. You know, uh, what, what is that uh, Christian comedian with the gators, Uh Mark Lowry. Mark Lowry. Lowry. He, he makes fun of uh, people who talk like we do, and then when they talk to God, oh, Heavenly Father, and, and we use this voice. That's not prayer. Prayer is when we talk to God, who we are to who He is. Amen. Just like we're talking. Right now, I we strike up a conversation, that's prayer. That, you know what that's called? It's called a relationship. Amen. And He allows us to have that. Now you have to remember who you're talking to. Amen. Amen. But he allows us to have that relationship where we can talk to Him. But the best part of the relationship is not that we just get to talk to Him, but that He talks back to us and the spirit allows us to hear his voice. You remember what Jesus taught? He said, my sheep know my voice. He didn't stop there. He says, they hear me. And what do they do when they hear him? They obey him. That's where we gotta get as a church. That's (laughs) where we gotta get as a people. And we're gonna do that together. We're gonna support each other. We're going to pray for each other. We're going to lift one another up. We're going to teach one another. When somebody falls, we're going to have to help them up and hold them up if we have to. Listen to me. When Christ carried his cross to God, God, he fell flat on his face. And a man had to help him pick that cross up and carry it the rest of the way for him. Don't tell me we don't need a church. That was a picture of the church with Jesus Christ. That's who we are. And when we start acting that way, he'll start rewarding us with reward. <coughs> it ain't gonna be money. It ain't gonna be land. It ain't gonna be wealth. You know what he's gonna reward us with? Save souls. Because when we pray in the Spirit and the Spirit knows the will of the Father, there's one thing I know the Scripture tells me that it is totally in His will. He's not willing that any one should perish. But He didn't stop there, did He? But at what? What is it, Brother Sam? Come to repentance. But that all would come to repentance. That is His will. That is our work. That is the kingdom work given to us by God. It's not for just one of us to do. It's for all of us to do together. And you know what? The Lord knows that all of us can't go. The Lord knows that some of us are not physically able to go. But He knows this. Every one of us that can think and speak can pray. And that is something that changes more than anything else. It'll change more people, more attitudes, open more doors, and break down more barriers. Because that abouts a lot. God hears. You remember, and I picked, I know I'm fixing clothes, Brother Ambrose made fun of me. <laughs> he said, I'm gonna be like Brother Gary, I'm just about ready to close, and 15 minutes later, he'd tell up there talking, that's what <laughs> he said. Not, not just that way, but what it meant. And I don't know what I'm going to say now. But we need to be ready. With it. And, and we're only enabled as we're full of the Spirit. Amen. We need to always be ready to give an account for ourselves and what we believe. And we need to be ready always to tell somebody that needs to know about Jesus Christ. Amen. So stay filled with the Spirit. I'm always saying that. You say, well, you sound like one of them Pentecostal preachers. No, I don't. I'm preaching out of the Word of God. Amen. We need to stay full. Full of the Spirit. And the fuller you are, the more things that happen for the kingdom of God around us. Yes, talking about us in our place in the church being supportive of the other people in the church. I saw a quotation sometime this week that kind of speaks to that. It said, be aware that you may be the lighthouse in someone's storm. Yeah. That's right. You may be. You may be. We need to make ourselves available, approachable, and have the knowledge we need when we were made that way. We need to be a people of support. And you know what? All we can do is deliver the message. We can't save a soul. We can't make them come to the altar. We can't make them come to the church house. But we can do our part and make it available and let them know they will be welcomed. Me and Ron was talking about that today. Amen. We need to be approachable. When people walk in those doors, they need to be welcomed. I don't care what they look like. They need to feel like they're in the right place. And they need to feel like they're in a place where they can get what they need. Without us looking down our noses at them. Amen. Somebody said this the church is a hospital for the sick, the sin sick. Not a country club. A separation. That you've got to be a so and so to be a part of. Amen. Because see, we don't pay the dues for the church. The Lord has already paid all of it. Amen. Amen. We can't even stand up and say, "But I give this." Now you don't give him nothing. Listen to me. You wouldn't have nothing if he didn't give it to you. And we're not only stewards of the wealth of the church, we're stewards of the health of the church. Amen? Amen. And a healthy church, (laughs) a church following Christ, a church filled with the spirit who knows who the head is, is gonna be a healthy church and God's gonna bless that church. And y'all, He has blessed us we're just a little country church. But you know what? Somebody was mentioning a wildfire. It starts with a spark. We can be that spark. We can be those people for Jesus Christ. And I pray that's what is on our hearts and our minds. Lord, help me to be that spark. Help me to be that little fire. Jesus said, what a great fire a uh, spark kindled Amen, amen. All that takes is a spark and a tinderbox. And y'all, he said it then and he'll say it now. The fields are white for harvest, but the laborers are few. Amen. (laughs) I used to work with a a guy, bothered nobody who I'm talking about. And uh, they were always complaining to him. He was kind of over maintenance a little bit. And, and the foremen were always complaining about not having enough people to do all the work assigned to it. You know what his, his philosophy was? Just work the dickens out of the ones you got. <laughs> Amen. We might be few, so let's work. Let's work hard. Let's work diligently. And I promised you, the Lord will keep you from falling flat on your face. He'll hold you up. He'll give you strength you didn't know you had. He'll give you knowledge that you never thought you possessed. He'll give you the right words. He'll help you fitly speak them so people will hear it and be touched because He wants them saved. And He, it's His way. He uses us to do that. God bless you. I love you so much. And I know that you want these same things. That's one mind, one accord. We want the same thing. Now let's just go out and do those things that the Lord's shown us to do. And let's see what He'll do. I think we know, don't we? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Absolutely. It starts with confession. It starts with repentance. It starts with being full. And it leads to great things. Any comment? Your psalm is on 127.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What is that psalm? 126. I don't bring it up.
1: 127, the one you said's not in the books. It's bring them in. Bring
0: them in. Is it in it there? It was right across from 126 while ago, and I was going to say something, but Don sounded off another one right quick, so I said, well, it ain't missed. Right. I don't believe it. <laughs> Get up there and play that song. (laughs)
1: 127.
0: I walked into the church house this morning singing that song in my mind. Bring them in. Amen. And he'll do it. Hey, look at that. There it is. Now if I get the eyes cleared up. Y'all know this song? Oh yeah. I tell you what, this is gonna be our dismissal song tonight. Amen. And, and it's a good place to start tomorrow morning, Monday. Have this song in your mind, whistle it, sing it. Because once I get one in my mind, it won't get out. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm leaving tomorrow. Men they gonna hull out early in the morning. So y'all, and the, the, gypsies the gypsies are gonna gypsies be, I don't know what time the gypsies are leaving, but they're leaving Before too. They get away from here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, so, uh, y'all be praying for us, but that don't stop the work. No, it don't. Amen? amen? Hey, our God is a great big God. Hey, amen, he can he work with whoever, whoever let him use them. Let's sing (laughs) this.